And welcome to the trailer for the podcast Around the Corner, the Nora Ephron podcast. Join us every month as we celebrate the work of writer, filmmaker and queen of romantic comedies, Nora Ephron. I'm Shawnee Mead and I'm joined by my good friend and co-host, Dan Kalan. Welcome, Dan. Hello, hello, hello. I'm so excited to be doing this. I'm excited to be doing this as well. <laughs> I've always wanted to do a Nora podcast, so I was very excited when you suggested we should do one together. Yes, that might be in my top five greatest ideas (laughs) that I've had while under the influence of alcohol. (laughs) Well, I think so. Usually I make bad choices, but uh, I think this is, this should, however the show ends up, I feel like this is a really good productive use of our time. I think so. Definitely. I can introduce everyone to us and the podcast. Do you want to tell me a little bit of your history with Nora Ephraim? Sure. Yeah. I mean, I, um, so I went to film school. I mean, I've been into movies my entire life, but it wasn't until I graduated high school that I, you know, when I had to think about what, what is it that I want to do? What what do I want to study and, and, and turn into a career? And it occurred to me that movies have always been a passion of mine and I would love to study them and maybe make some of my own one day. You know, of course, around that time, I was I was worshipping at the altars of guys like Tarantino and Kubrick and Scorsese. But it was around that time that I started to really fall in love with Nora Ephron movies. However, I didn't really... I didn't know who Nora Ephron was. It didn't put it together that it was it was Nora specifically that I really liked. I knew that I really liked You've Got Mail. I knew that I liked Sleepless in Seattle. And I I don't know. There was something about those two movies specifically. The chemistry between Tom Hanks and Meg Ryan, for sure, attracted me to those movies. And for a while, as I was a film student, they kind of remained guilty pleasures. But these days, I don't really believe in the term guilty pleasure. But at the time, you know, I was I was trying to I was taking myself way too seriously. And I was like, oh, I don't want to let too many people know I like the, these chick flicks. But again, I've matured since then. And I, I've come to love and appreciate Nora movies even more. And, you know, I, I, then I started to seek out her some of her other movies. I found Julia and Julia. Just recently, within the past couple of years, I finally watched When Harry Met Sally. And I really started to get a sense of who Nora was once I once I like honed in on her and her work and sought out more of it. It just like everything I've watched so far has been really fun to watch. And I think she's a brilliant writer and there's absolutely no guilt whatsoever anymore. (laughs) You know, when I, when I pop one of these movies on. So yeah, I would say that uh, I, I discovered Nora specifically right around college, maybe a little after college, but I have loved her kind of ever since I started watching her movies. That sounds like a great history with Nora. I'm glad we can, I can sort of help to introduce you to some of her other films. And I'm definitely happy to finally finish her entire filmography because I've never quite gotten there myself. So it's a good 
time to explore that. My history with Nora, I sort of don't really remember a time when I didn't know about Nora. I think because growing up in the 90s, mum would watch her films and they were often just on in the house and I have little flashes of memory of like Sleepless in Seattle and You've Got Mail. Mum used to watch Michael a lot the John Travolta angel one. That one just never feels very Nora to me, but I guess we can talk about that when we get to that. But yeah, they'd always kind of been there. I'd always loved her movies, but then in my late teens when, you know, I've sort of had vague memories, but I wanted to just get back in. So I went on a full 90s rom-com binge and then I watched all of her rom-coms. I don't think I'd seen one Harry Met Sally yet, but I just got really into her films everything about Nora and then in my 20s I got really into her writing and read all of her books and they're just especially as a woman they're just like amazing to read because she's just she had just so much wisdom about everything but she just had an amazing writing style that everything just seemed really relatable like you were chatting like with a coffee with like a good friend and she was just telling you these amazing anecdotes but I think she just was amazing at telling stories. I started to put that together mm. towards the end of that weird phase of my life where I still kind of felt guilty about liking and watching these movies, right? I started to realize that the reason I liked them was that they they weren't romantic comedies in the sort of broader sense. They were much more sophisticated mm. than that. The characters were much more complex and relatable And I saw a lot of myself in them. And these were things I was not prepared to admit to anybody, let alone myself when I was younger. But yeah, I mean, that's the, that's the reason why I keep coming back Mm -hmm. to her movie specifically is that, you know, I would watch other romantic comedies and they would be silly and not smart. And for whatever reason, I just kept coming back to her movies because Mm -hmm. I, I could see that she was head and shoulders above every other romantic comedy writer. And I hesitate to call her a romantic comedy writer because she was mm. so much more than that. We, we think of these movies, uh, You've Got Mail, When Harry Met Sally and, and Sleepless in Seattle as being like the big three, but like those are like the gold standard mm. of romantic comedies as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> Yeah. Yes. I think that's that's really, I think you really hit the nail on the head there. And that's just her writing mm. was very relatable and, and lived in. Like these characters, are, I felt like I could meet yeah. them on the street outside. There's no like one dimensional cardboard cutout sort of people. They just seem like this could be someone that I know. And the worlds always just feel really lived in and real. And like you're just coming into an established world. And even her stories, even if you read them and go, nothing like that has ever happened to me or anyone I know, you sort of read it and go, yeah, but I sort of feel like that's happened to me now because she was telling it in such a relatable kind of way. Yeah, even when the premise of the movie is Mm. unbelievable, you know, to come back to the same examples, because these are the ones I'm most familiar with. But if you were to see You've Got Mail play out in the real world, it would be kind of like a horror movie Mm. in some ways or Sleepless in Seattle. Like that's a stalker movie. But I think that the reason she can get away with a narrative that is a little bit unrealistic and unbelievable Mm. is because of these characters that she creates. Like we want to buy into this fantastical story because we see ourselves mm. or people and you always know work characters. For the characters to get together and that's that's really the key. even if you met a real joe fox you'd be like oh no no kathleen don't but in the movie you're kind of like yeah actually yeah maybe he did <laughs> a terrible thing but weirdly we can sort of be okay with that and we still want them to be together but i feel like if it was anyone other than nora and anyone other than meg and tom it would be a different story and it would not be as iconic it would just be like mm, that creepy sort of weird gaslighting kind of thing but and it wouldn't be romantic <laughs> yeah isn't, isn't that incredible that 
she could yeah. thread she could thread the needle like that and it, and she was just absolutely mm, amazing definitely. at doing that that's a good intro to the pair of us and to Nora for now i'm just so excited to get going and explore the world of Nora Ephron with you, Dan, and with our faithful listeners. So join us soon for our very first episode where we will discuss the 1978 film Perfect Gentleman. So see you then. Thank you for listening to the trailer for the podcast Around the Corner. You can find us at the Nora Podcast on Twitter and Instagram and on the Cage Club Network at cageclub.me. That's cageclub.me. Please join us in September for our first episode where we discuss Nora's screenwriting debut, Perfect Gentleman, directed by Jackie Cooper and starring Lauren Bacall, Ruth Gordon and Sandy Dennis. See you then. The podcast around the corner, the Nora Efron podcast, is brought to you by the Cage Club Network.